This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hi everybody, it's Doc from the John Freaking Pod, and I want to let you know about our new website on WordPress. Take a few minutes and check it out. You'll be able to find pictures of the pod's guests, links to the podcast and social media accounts, ways to support the pod, how to get in touch, and our entire back catalog is there, including episode summaries. Missed these sections of the JMT episodes? You can find them there. Missed a Triple Crowner episode? Yep, that's there too. World travelers, adventure athletes, polar explorers, Barkley Marathon competitors, authors, filmmakers, documentarians, and more are waiting for you. Take a look at the new website, and just a reminder, adventure lives here. Welcome to the John Freakin' Muir Pod. Lace up those boots and sling on the pack for a romp through trails, short and long. With your host and renaissance man, Doc, it's time to embrace the suck. Greetings, hikers. Thank you for tuning in to the John Freakin' Muir Pod. I'm Doc, and I'm your host. And with the coronavirus outbreak going on and the world grinding to a halt, I am practicing good social distancing this week and am flying solo this episode. The truth is that none of my uh, previous guest hosts wanted to get anywhere close to me, so here I am. 
This week I'm going to be talking about some good trail prep in the form of a challenge that started several years ago, the Six Pack Challenge. More about that in a few, but let's get the preliminaries out of the way. I want to welcome the countries of Denmark and South Africa to the pod. That makes 12 countries tuning in now for some good trail talk. Thanks for joining our trail family, and I hope you like what you hear. We also have listeners in 30 states now. Hey, if you've got family in another state, get them started on the pod. Let's get that tally up to 50 states. There's hiking in every state, so there's no reason our hiking friends across the country could cannot tune in. And if you're enjoying the podcast, one of the best things you can do for us is subscribe, give us a rating, and leave a review. And if you're not enjoying the podcast, then just keep that to yourself. Thanks. All right, let's hit the trail and talk about this six-pack of peaks concept. I first heard about this a few years ago back in early 2015 and thought it just applied to Southern California, but I have since discovered that this challenge exists in several parts of the country. The six-pack of peaks challenge actually started off as a training plan for those who were planning to hike the JMT, and that's how I stumbled across it. Along with Buddy and Chopper, I was looking for a way to get ready for our first big trek on the John Muir Trail that summer, and we found this. The challenge is to climb all six of the peaks in one calendar year. That's the only time frame. You can do them in six consecutive days or in six months. It's up to you. Today I'm going to be talking about the six original peaks in the challenge. If you do each of them, you will end up covering 82 miles of trails and 27,000 feet of vertical gain. The original six are located in Southern California, and they are Mount Wilson, Cucamonga Peak, Mount San Antonio, San Bernardino Peak, Mount San Jacinto, and San Gorgonio Peak. The challenge is now in its sixth year and has since evolved and expanded from just these six peaks. You can now register for the challenge online, support different wilderness and hiking charities, and get medals and shirts to commemorate your accomplishment, which is quite a bit beyond the original concept of just hiking the six peaks to get yourself trail ready for your big hike. You can find all this information at www.sixpackofpeaks.com. That's www.sixpackofpeaks.com. Now you can actually customize your challenge uh, with 12 additional peaks to choose from, including six from San Diego County. The Six Pack of Peaks Challenge has also expanded to several other areas in the U.S. as well. There's now a challenge in Arizona, two actually in Arizona, one in the winter and one in the spring, each with a different set of six peaks. Uh, there's one in Northern California, Colorado, Oregon, New England, the Pacific Northwest, and there's a new one coming this year to Utah. For my international listeners out there, start thinking about identifying six peaks in your geographic area that you might be able to adapt into your own challenge. All right, when we come back from the break, we'll get into the details and some stories on the original six-pack of peaks in Southern California. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money, all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then, you can distribute your pod podcast to Spotify, and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. 
With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like my creativity has raised to another level. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. Okay, welcome back and let's get to it. We're going to start out with the lowest peak in the group, Mount Wilson. But you definitely don't want to be fooled by its elevation. Mount Wilson will kick your butt, I know from firsthand experience. Let's tell you what you need to know. Mount Wilson is the lowest of the six peaks with a height of 5,710 feet. The trail starting point is at Chantry Flat in the Angeles National Forest. You're going to take the Santa Anita exit off of the 210 freeway and follow it up into the hills. It does require a National Forest Adventure Pass for parking, but no permit is required to actually hike the trail. Trail distance is 14 and a half miles round trip, and you're going to have a total ascent of 4,600 feet. Now, I've done this hike quite a few times, and I'm going to tell you my impressions and, and uh, insights into it. Uh, the first part of the hike is, is very cool because uh, you actually hike downhill a little bit as you leave Chantry Flats and pretty soon you come upon these cabins um, that look like they're something out of um, The Hobbit in the Shire. Uh, small cabins kind of uh, interspersed in amongst the trees and the river. And I found that these, these cabins are not for rent. Um, they, are, they were put in place back when the Army Corps of Engineers were putting in uh, dams and other structures back in the hills to prevent flooding into Pasadena and Arcadia. And so there's a lot of um, structures out there to kind of control the water flow <clears throat> and mud flow during storms. And these cabins are a remnant of that um, construction that took place in the early, early to mid 20th century. And so it, it's like a, a different world as you're walking down in amongst those cabins. It's very cool. Occasionally you will see um, these cabins occupied by people who have passed them down from, from generation to generation. I think there are, there are pretty strict rules about um, selling those and who you're able to sell to. Uh, but certainly you're not able to rent them out from anybody. It's just the, the original owners that uh, are the continued owners that, that still have possession of those. So very, very cool feel at the start of this hike as you go through that area of, of the valley. Also, you, you'll come to a place called Sturdivant Camp, um, probably about six or seven miles into the hike. And this is a, a, a camp where there are cabins where you can rent those and stay in those. So it's a very cool area. You often see a lot of families there sometimes. Uh, camping and there's a huge main lodge type cabin that I think there are you know there's food service and other activities kind of gets get the feeling of um, those camps that you saw in like the movie Dirty Dancing where you know families would go and, and experience the outdoors there with, with planned activities that's kind of the, the feel I get I don't know if that really happens or not but that's just kind of the, the sense that I had um, but then straight after Sturdivant Camp, when you leave that area, um, you've got a, a two or three mile section that goes 
basically straight up and this is the part that will really kick your butt um, again it's the the lowest in elevation of the peaks but this particular area after Sturdivant camp is uh, a pretty severe uphill and will really take the the wind out of you and and wreak havoc on your legs I know that uh, I even cramped up a few times trying to do this hike it's it's a it's quite a chore right after that camp now when you get to the top there is an observatory up there Mount Wilson Observatory which is a pretty cool structure and there are several radio towers up there I'm not sure I think I saw online there's you know 20 plus radio towers up there that provide service for various television and, and radio stations um, there's also a grill at the top um, which is a good place to you know have have a brunch or, or lunch depending on what time you start they've got a grill going and hamburgers and breakfast burritos and all kinds of good stuff there's also a road that that uh, a paved road where other people can come up and visit the observatory and visit the grill which I thought was kind of cheating I thought it would be great you know you have to actually hike up there to take advantage of the the breakfast burrito or the, the hamburgers but other people were, were cheating and taking the road and parking in the parking lot and walking the 50 yards to the to the grill which wasn't really fair and then when you you finish this is a loop you, you'll finish the loop and you'll end up back in Chantry Flat and there is also a grill uh, at the Adams Pack Station at Chantry Flat so you can actually uh, place your order and, and sit down and enjoy yourself have a cool one at Adams Pack Station so uh, it's a it's the, again the lowest elevation, but it it will it is a great training hike for for uh, preparation for the other six pack of peaks that we're going to talk about here and the the John Muir Trail. So uh, give Mount Wilson a shot there. Next on the list, and I think we're going in order of height here, next on the list is Cucamonga Peak. And here are the stats on Cucamonga. It is has a height of 8,862 feet. Your trail starting point is going to be at the Ice House Canyon off of Mount Baldy Road off the 210 Freeway. You will need a wilderness permit, which you can fill out yourself at the trailhead. You just tear it off, you fill it out, and you, you dump it in the, uh, the Iron Ranger station there. And then you also need that parking permit as well for your car. Uh, trail distance is 11.6 miles and it's out and back. You're going to go out and up and then return on the same route. And during that out and back, you're going to have a total ascent of 4,300 feet. I've also done Cucamonga Peak a couple of times and my impressions of the trail, uh, you start out relatively flat and then you have a gentle ascent uh, at the first part and you're going to pass through kind of some remnants of some cabins that were there for, uh, I'm not sure why the cabins were there or why they're in such a state of disrepair now but really all that's left are, are the, the stone foundations. I think there's one or two cabins that are intact and uh, I have seen you know clothes out on the porch of these cabins and, and smoke coming from the, from the chimney so I know that they are uh, they were occupied at that time. I'm not sure exactly what what the conditions are if you're able to rent them out or if those are just the owners. So um, but a, a cool feature along the trail for sure. About uh, 2.4 miles from the summit you're going to come to the Ice House Saddle and that's kind of the uh, joining point of I think five different trails come together there 
there are some other peaks that you can investigate, but if you're gonna continue on to Cucamonga, you're gonna continue on uh, straight in your ascent. Um, you kind of go along the side of the mountain and then you make the connection to Cucamonga Peak. It's off to your left a little bit uh, for the last you know mile or so. Uh, it's, it's pretty straight up and you got great views of the Los Angeles area once you get up to Cucamonga Peak. There's an ammo can up there that has the, uh, the, the ledger where you can sign in to, to say that you visited Cucamonga Peak. And there's also a, a sign up there that you can hold up um, that says Cucamonga Peak and the elevation and you can take pictures with that. There's some great lookout points. Um, we took a number of pictures up there by standing on the rocks. It looks like you're standing over a, a, a cliff that just falls out into nothingness. And so some really cool picture opportunities up there. I remember I went up there with my nephew and his wife and we were looking for a great spot to take a picture. And my nephew's wife actually picked up the ammo can and took it with her uh, as we kind of explored for different uh, picture opportunities not knowing that that was kind of supposed to stay in place so people could could sign the ledger So we've, we we gave her the trail name of ammo can and, and kind of poke fun at her uh, Not being aware that that was supposed to stay in, in one location and not be carried around the, the top of the top of the peak as you look for photo opportunities so uh, again, it's a it's a great hike it, it I think it's easier than Mount Wilson actually um, done it a couple times and some really really great views so please take advantage of that one next on our list of the six-pack is Mount San Antonio which is also known as Mount Baldy here are some stats on Mount Baldy it is 10,046 feet high the trail starting point is actually the same general direction off of the 210 freeway that you take for Cucamonga Peak. It's actually just down the road from Ice House Canyon. Again, you'll need to fill out the wilderness permit, uh, which is available there at the trail, and bring that parking permit with you. The trail distance is 11 miles round trip with a total ascent of 3,990 feet. Uh, this is a pretty cool hike as well. There is actually a ski lift because Mount Baldy is, uh, uh, there is a, res a ski resort there. So there is a ski lift that is open during the, the spring and summer seasons that you can take up to the ski lodge uh, for brunch or lunch. Um, also, you can cut off several miles of the hike if you do that, but that'd be cheating. So I don't recommend that. Um, there's also a really cool feature on this hike called the Devil's Backbone. There is a, a part of the hike after the ski lodge where you ascend um, across this dome. It's kind of a sub-dome and then you have to cross over what's called the Devil's Backbone to get to uh, Mount Baldy and do the, the final climb up the, I think it's probably the last half, three quarters of a mile up to the top. And it's kind of a sheer drop on either side and there's this path that goes along the the backbone it's called the devil's backbone if you look online I'll post some pictures of, of our pictures of, of the backbone but um, it's a, a very cool feature uh, it looks more dangerous than it is the path is fairly wide um, but you know just being out alone and taking uh, being out alone on the devil's backbone having your friends take pictures of you while you're on that it's a, it's a really cool cool photo opportunity 
Uh, up at the top of Mount Baldy, there's a, a plaque that's mounted into the ground with all the stats on, on Mount Baldy. And so I don't remember there being a wooden sign that you could hold with the statistics uh, for photo opportunities, but we, we got a number of pictures by the plaque. And then it's actually, you can go back the way you came to make it an out and back, but we decided to take the uh, uh, round trip version of the hike. There's another route that kind of goes down the side of the mountain on the other side and, and drops you off uh, on the fire road where you started. So uh, that was a, a really good trip. It was, there, there are parts after the ski lodge that are pretty steep and slow going. But once you got past that, it was it was a it was a really really good hike. Uh, very scenic, beautiful views. Um, and Mount Baldy is it's called Mount Baldy instead of Mount San Antonio, where um, it's known as Mount Baldy because of its kind of uh, barren uh, look up top. It's up over ten thousand feet. It's above the tree line at the very end, and so it's it's uh, it's a lot of white rock, and so that's why they call it Mount Baldy. All right, I have to confess that I haven't done the next two peaks I'm going to talk about, but they are on my list for this spring. So even though I don't have any witty stories or clever insights on these two, here's what you need to know. The first one is San Bernardino Peak. It has a height of 10,649 feet. The trail starting point is the San Bernardino, tra uh, San Bernardino Peak Trailhead, located just outside of Angeles Oaks off of Highway 38 on your way to Big Bear. You need to bring a voluntary permit to let the rangers know you're out there and you will also need your handy dandy national forest adventure pass or if you want you can pay the five dollars for a parking permit uh, at the ranger's office there trail distance is 16 miles out and back with a total ascent of 4670 feet again i haven't done this one yet but from what I can tell, it looks like a tough hike. You could turn this into a multi-day backpacking trip if you spend the night at Limber Pine Bench Camp, which from all accounts is a pretty nice campground. You'll have to get an overnight permit ahead of time through the San Gorgonio Wilderness Association website. Or you could take your chances by trying to, try to get a, a walk-up permit at the Mill Creek Visitor Center. There is no bathroom at the trailhead, so make sure you take care of business before you get there. Also, make sure to bring enough water with you because though there is a spring at Limber Pine Bench Camp, the spring doesn't always have water. Next is Mount San Jacinto, and our buddy John Muir said that the views from atop Mount San Jacinto are the most sublime spectacle to be found anywhere on this earth. That's quite a testament and gives me even more inspiration to take this one on soon. Mount San Jacinto is, has a height of 10,834 feet. And let me talk about a couple of trails here. There are several hiking routes that will take you to the top of San Jacinto. I'm gonna talk about two uh, for this episode. The first is via Idlewild. For that particular route, you're gonna go to the Deer Springs Trailhead off of Highway 243. The second route I'm going to talk about is the trail they call the Cactus to the Clouds Hike, which is one of the hardest hikes you can do. The trailhead starts in downtown Palm Springs at 101 North Museum Drive. <clears throat> so if you take the Idlewild Trail, 
It is 19 and a half miles with 5,480 feet of total ascent. And this route is uh, not as steep as the others, but it still provides spectacular views the whole way. Now the Cactus to the Clouds hike is 21 miles long and has a total ascent of a mind-numbing 10,800 feet. So you start out on the, uh, the valley floor in Palm Springs and climb basically the 10,800 feet of San Jacinto to get to the top. So this, this hike is not for the faint of heart or the novice hiker. In fact, I've, I've read that you may want to do several training hikes uh, prior to taking on this hike which itself is supposed to be a training hike for the for the John Muir Trail. So, uh, interesting. Do some prep work, do some training hikes before you want to take this one on. You don't want to just show up on day one of your training regimen and say, I'm going to take on the Cactus to the Clouds hike. Um, there's actually been uh, deaths on this trail. It's, it's that extreme, so be careful out there. You're going to need a lot of water, a lot of food and snacks, and you'll want to start your hike before dawn to account for the long climb, the mileage, and the desert heat. I've seen several posts online where folks have started their Cactus to the Clouds hike at 1 a.m. in order to finish it in one day. Also, if, if those two choices don't sound appealing, you can also take the Palm Springs Aerial Tramway to get close to the top and take a much shorter hike to get to the peak, but technically, again, that's cheating, uh, but you'll get the same view from the hike, but, you know, uh, again, I wouldn't cheat. I'd, I'd do the full hike, so there you go. Now our last one, San Gorgonio Peak, is the highest of the six, and it is one that I have done and referred to in an earlier episode of the pod. It took our group, comprised of myself, Buddy, and Chopper, two separate attempts to get to the top. Here are the details on Gorgonio. It has a height of 11,503 feet, which makes it the highest peak in Southern California. Again, there are several routes you can take uh, to get to the top, but I'm going to talk about the route we took, which was the Vivian Creek Trail. You'll need to take Highway 38 again and head to 41,900 Falls Road. That's 41900 Falls Road in Forest Falls to get to the trailhead. You'll need to fill out a voluntary permit and use the Adventure Pass again for parking. Trail distance, uh, the Vivian Creek Trail is 18 and a half miles long with a total ascent of 5,470 feet. You could turn it into an overnight backpacking trip, but that will require an approved permit and you can camp overnight at the High Creek Camp at 9,440 feet. And so that's what we attempted to do on our first uh, assault on San Gorgonio. We had planned it to try out all of our gear. We were, we were getting ready for the John Muir Trail. We would all had acquired our, our different pieces of equipment and gear. And we thought this would be a great opportunity to, uh, again, train and condition as well as, you know, set up camp at High Creek Camp and test everything out. And so we started the day. Uh, it was beautiful. It was sunny. We, we uh, took a couple of breaks on the way up as, you know, for snacks, for lunch, for hydration. And we got to High Creek Camp and we, when we got, just before we got to High Creek Camp, the, the weather changed on us, if you remember. Uh, the clouds rolled in, the wind whipped up, it started It started hailing at first and then snowing. Uh, we set up our tents uh, rather quickly. 
felt like I was getting a freezer burn on my hands. It was painful as I was setting up the tents, setting up my tent. And we decided at that point to, okay, let's wait this out. Let's let's uh, get into our respective tents, into our sleeping bags, try and warm up. Uh, and we did that. And uh, if you remember, I think uh, we described this a little bit in one of our earlier episodes. Uh, one of us, I think it was Chopper, called out, uh, hey, what are we doing here? Do we need to, is this is this smart? Is this safe? And I think the three of us agreed that, you know what, this was, it was not letting up. Uh, not sure if we had the right cold weather gear, didn't expect it to, to turn like that. And so we decided to pack up and trudge back down to the car. And again, packing up the tents and sleeping bags and everything else uh, took a toll on the hands. It was painful again. Uh, and we trudged all the way back down to the cars and, and uh, we stopped at In-N-Out uh, to, to, for dinner, which was better than the dehydrated food that we had, we had planned on eating that night. But we, we were about five miles short of the summit and conquering San Gorgonio Peak. So we decided later on that we would do an unpacked trip uh, to try and, and get to the top. So we didn't bring our big packs and everything. We just kind of brought day packs. And uh, the weather this time turned out to be pretty good. Uh, we made the ascent all the way to the top. At the top, there's these really interesting stone structures that have been built because it is so windy at the top of Gorgonio. It feels like the wind is going straight through your, through your ears and through your brain. It was painful how cold and windy it was at the top. And so people, I don't know if it was, uh, you know, just regular hikers that did this or if it was part of the, the uh, an organized effort by rangers or trail crews or, or what, but there are these, these stone structures where stones are piled up to form these walls that you can actually sit uh, behind the, the stone walls and get out of the wind for a little bit. Uh, there is a, a wooden sign up there with San Gorgonio on it and its height uh, that you can take pictures with. Uh, we actually got to the top. It was The wind was whipping so hard and it was so cold that I think we were up there for maybe five, ten minutes, took pictures, and then immediately started down because it was just uncomfortable being up there in that wind. But again, it was gorgeous views, gorgeous sights. Um, really really nice trail there are a few sections where uh, it seems like you're going straight uphill for a little bit but it was not as steep or severe as say that stretch of trail on the Mount Wilson Trail or on uh, the final approach to Cucamonga Peak it was it was very doable it was a it was a long hike um, did I say how long yes yeah, 18 and a half miles so close to 20 miles it's very comparable to doing the Mount Whitney in one day similar distance similar uh, elevation um, good good training hike to prepare you for for doing the Mount Whitney hike uh, as well as you know preparing you to get ready for the the Jamir trail so there you go that's the six pack of peaks in Southern California uh, check out the website online again that's www.sixpackofpeaks.com uh, if you don't have a six pack of peaks challenge in your area, maybe uh, do a little research and see if there are, are six trails out near you that you can kind of turn into that as a training regimen for your big summer hikes. Uh, and that's it. Episode nine is in the books. I hope you guys enjoyed hearing about the six packs and I want to challenge you to climb those peaks in your area and get ready for some long distance hiking. 
Remember, if you are interested in being a guest contributor for the John, John Freakin' Muir pod, there are a number of ways to get in touch. There's email at johnfreakinmuir at gmail.com, as well as Twitter, at johnfreakinmuir, and Instagram, johnfreakinmuir. And for clarification, there is no G in freaking. Also, if you are hiking all or part of the JMT this season and would like to be a correspondent from the trail in order to share conditions and stories, please get in touch and let's set that up. I don't have a pro tip inside of the week uh, this episode, unless it would be, you know, take your, your long distance hiking preparations seriously. Get out there, work your way up from uh, shorter trails to longer trails, from uh, from less ascent to more ascent. Get your legs ready, get your lungs ready, get your mind ready for the big hikes. So that's a wrap from the John Freaking Muir Studio. Thank you for tuning in, and always remember, the trail is the trail. It doesn't care if you want to go downhill. It doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite. The trail is the trail. Embrace the suck. Thank you.